Two KG Sports Minds have created a podcast to answer one very important question. What's the spread? Now here are your hosts, Brad Thomas and Miles Markowitz. Welcome in. Thanks for joining us. We have our national champion. What is the spread? Uh, LSU completes wow. one of the greatest seasons in college football history. Joe Burrow cements his status as a legend in one the state of, the of Louisiana. One of the best Heisman Trophy winners ever. ever. Easily. Hands down. Amazing. Uh, it was a really impressive performance. Uh, we'll get right into it here. LSU wins the game 42-25. They were six-point favorites. Uh, you had LSU to cover. I ended up taking Clemson. LSU gets the cover. That was a loss for me and a win for you, my friend, in the last college football game of the season. A part of me is glad that the season is over because of the heartbreak that I had to go through <laughs> uh, with the Ohio State game. And yep. I'm sure that as the Bama Same fan, you thing. know, with all those injuries on defense that you had, you're ready to get ready to retool for next year. Uh, how get odd. guys healthy. Yeah, how, how odd it is that we're both in that spot where we're just ready to get to the offseason. Um, this is going to be kind of weird of me saying, and I'm not trying to rub it in your face, but no, go ahead. honestly, this was the weirdest national championship for me because it was one of the first national championships in a long time where we were not at the Thomas residence throwing a national championship party, win or lose. Um, it felt weird. I went to Gators Dockside watching the game, and by halftime, I was like, I don't even need to be at the bar anymore. I could go to my house, watch it on the couch, and get ready for work for the next day. When every other year, it's been, damn, I might need a call out tomorrow. It was kind of a weird situation, but just like a true degenerate, I bet the hell out of that game. So it made a, made me a little more pulled to us. A hell of a game. And Clemson stuck. They stuck to their game plan for the most part. But like I said on the podcast, it's no matter how good Clemson's defense is, they're going to have to keep up with LSU. And they struggled to do that. Yeah, they struggled to do that towards the end. I mean, they they really made that surge uh, in the beginning of the second half. Yeah, 28-25, made it a game, but then Burrow and company just turned on the afterburners. And early in the game, it was looking like uh, LSU's receivers couldn't even match up with the Clemson corners. I mean, they they couldn't find any space. They probably Uh, got a text from uh, OBJ, said, I'll give you some money at the end of the game. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, quote-unquote fake money. Um, But... In the beginning, I mean, I just saw, and I was telling my roommate that, I mean, Clemson was dominating. Yeah, dominating absolutely. The front. They were controlling the pace of the game. Uh, they were controlling field position. Uh, I mean, a, a huge turnaround, but really that just goes into the scheme yep. right, uh, of LSU's offense. And I wanted to get into that. Um, they lost Brady today to the NFL. Uh, should have happened because of what, what he did with that offense this year. Uh, and and this is kind of where I wanted to go with a season retrospective. You know, for the first time in a long time, it wasn't a quote unquote dynasty that won the national yeah, championship. Yeah, that. Now, Alabama has earned that status as a dynasty. Clemson is on the verge. You know, I yeah. wouldn't say they're a dynasty. If they would have won, uh, you know, it would have been hard in, to argue. In this game, it would have been hard to argue. More but, national championships in this decade than right. uh, than Saban had. Yeah. So there you go. Um, but with LSU, I mean. They were a disruptor this year. Yeah, I, that was really the difference. Whereas, you know, LSU always was there, right? I mean, I mean, I mean, yeah, you know, absolutely. since they beat Ohio State in uh, whatever it was, two thousand seven, the national championship, they went away as far as playing at an elite level because yeah. they weren't winning elite games. Mm-hmm. They get the monkey off their back, beating Alabama. That's what needed to happen. Uh, they get the victory against Georgia in the SEC title game, and they take down uh, Dabo and Clemson. Just so impressive, and. It was the offensive scheme that won them this national championship yes, because they came in and they disrupted these uh, elite defenses that 
couldn't figure out how to stop this offensive attack. Yeah, it was like it was weird too because it was like the ball out was quick, but then they took their shots when necessary. Like it, it the scheme. I hope forever stays at LSU because I'm over pro style pound the rock. It doesn't work. You look at the teams that try to do it. I know Alabama's going to go a little bit more pro style next year. I mean, especially with getting Najee back, um, getting Leatherwood, who for some crazy reason decided to forego the draft. But I mean, these guys who spread the ball out, and it's not like your your, your typical spread offense either. It was fun to watch throw the ball over the middle. I mean, you can only cover so much space before then when you start creeping up, then they take the big shot. It, it was so it's so interesting to see how the spread offense has evolved. Yes. from its beginnings to where it is now. You know, I think back to uh, Chip Kelly's Oregon team. Yeah, uh, where their offense was called a gimmick at times. You yep. know, where in big games in elite games. Ohio State twice, uh, Rose Bowl and national championship, uh, Auburn in the national championship. The the, the, the gimmick was kind of easy to figure out. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, whereas now, this LSU attack, no one could figure it out all the way up to the national championship game. And then you had Clemson. Just when they thought in the beginning, we're locking them down. Yeah. We got this. LSU comes back and makes the adjustments. That was really impressive to see. It was a hell of a game. Uh, LSU really didn't pull away there until the second half. But once they did, it seemed like Clemson really couldn't do anything, especially on the offensive side. Absolutely. And what about the leadership in this LSU team? Because it was easy, real easy for them to get out of the game when when their star players just kept dropping the ball. But I don't know who was out there, if it was Joe Burrow on the sidelines. Somebody willed them into the game, willed them into not their team physically, but each individual player. Like you think about... Jamar Chase, monster day. Jefferson had a ton of drops and then turned that around and somehow finished over 100 yards. It was like Joe Burrow was like, guys, listen, you just keep running the routes. You're going to catch the ball. I'm going to put them where they need to be. If you drop a couple, it's okay because we're going to keep firing. And, and whatever he said or or uh, Coach O said was phenomenal. This team, I mean, it's it's almost like poetry out there. And, you know, they just proved how dominant they were because teams were like, oh, best defense in the country. No. And I don't want anyone to make the excuse saying Clemson really never faced anyone because when you have an elite defense, you have an elite defense. LSU exposed that defense and showed that they were the real deal. And in the end, it, it, it does all come back to Burrow, right? It yep. actually reminds me a lot of what happened. We'll talk about this a little bit later. What happened with the Chiefs Yeah, uh, where they went down 24 nothing. Uh, in in a playoff game. Where you could have easily just given up. You easily could have. There was no panic in yep. the young gun Mahomes. It all comes back to the quarterback. And Mahomes, a lot of drops. It, yep. it was very it was similar. A lot, similar. A lot of drops yep. in the beginning. And he's like, you know what? You know, saying to himself or his team, we're just going to keep fighting. We're going to keep go, you know, doing the game plan. We know we have the star power. We know we can get this done. And in the end, that's just how important it is to have such a leader at quarterback. Absolutely. And speaking of, Trevor Lawrence is a baller. Uh, straight yes. up, uh, you know, he, he it, it, like he said afterwards, it wasn't his night. And, yeah, he and, had and, an off and, night. Yeah, and, and he, you know, that that is 100% correct, but he's a fighter. Yes. I mean, and down to the very end, and and, and as I already mentioned, I mean, he, he almost single-handedly willed them to the win against Ohio State. Um, it's going to be really interesting to see what Trevor Lawrence can do in year three. Uh, and speaking of, uh, let's get right into it. Let's, uh, you know, there's, there's going to be plenty of off-season coverage, seeing as how college football is our absolute favorite thing to talk yes, about. Yes, absolutely. But ESPN gifted us with the number, or the, the first, too early, top 25. I just wanted to take a peek, uh, <laughs> see how we're feeling here going into the off-season, and also just point out to you, 
that Ohio State is ahead of Alabama. Hey, that's totally fine. Miles, actually do this because they're not looking at the top 25. Go ahead and list 1 through 25. You don't have to say the number, but just go straight down the list. All right, in case you are wondering, Clemson sitting at number 1, Ohio State 2, Alabama 3, LSU 4, followed by Oregon, Georgia, Florida, Oklahoma, Penn State, Notre Dame rounds out the top 10. And then moving on to number 11, Texas A&M, Auburn, Oklahoma State, then two Big Ten teams, Wisconsin and Michigan. At 16, Iowa State. Then we have Cincinnati, our first group of five team at 17. Boise State at 18, another group of five. Minnesota at 19. Baylor, 20. Memphis, 21. North Carolina and Mac Mm. Brown at number 22. Iowa, another Big Ten team at 23. Texas at 24 after the big win against Utah. And finally, Tennessee at 25. Um, But really, there were about you know, 10 teams that you could have put at that 25 spot. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is where the debate begins. It was kind of interesting looking at this. Miles, I, listen, I'm not surprised Ohio State finished ahead of uh, of Alabama. I feel like you almost have to put them there. Um, seeing how you guys made their playoffs and we didn't, you guys have your star quarterback who is number one in, in the Heisman rankings yeah. right now coming back. Um, there's some uncertainty in Alabama of exactly what the coaching – personnel is going to look like looks like sharks going to stay another year which would be like the first time in four years where our offensive coordinator is coming back for year two i think since kiffin um so i totally understand that uh one i was really surprised but i also think it's you one thing i was surprised about but i also think they couldn't drop them any lower was lsu uh lsu is going to lose a ton uh, joe brady burrow yeah. jefferson elair fulton delpit moss and to me on this list kind of an obvious answer but LSU really is uh, the wild card here. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, honestly, at the end of the day, it's easy to say when uh, when uh, Alabama or when Clemson went to national championship, you know they're coming back strong. Because, yeah. like we talked about a couple weeks ago, they are elite programs. But LSU, I put them in that, you know, uh, great category, you know, where, yep. where, they're all, where they're trying to get there. We don't really know. Can they... Have a con- that's what it comes down to. Can they make that next step and reload and retool? Yeah, but you have to do it year after year. And the, the reasoning behind the four, I mean, you think about it, Clemson doesn't really lose too much. Ohio State doesn't really lose much, but Dobbins, um, your Chase Young, Chase Okuda. Young, yeah. yeah. But those are positions that are pretty easy to refill. Alabama reloads, retools every year. But then you have LSU, who's losing the most dynamic player in college football the the player who single-handedly won them the national championship and one of the best players in college football history then the, at then, this point then their receiving core is going to be toast right. like i mean you don't replace three players of that of that magnitude and then you have your game changer in elair and uh and, and you also can't ask a guy like miles brennan to come in and run the same exact offense exactly How is that yeah. gonna, it's not gonna work it's gonna be interesting because you have a talent like joe burrow and yeah brennan can run a uh form of that offense yes. but he's not going to be able to run it at that high level uh so it, it, that's really a wild card for me and it's very rare in a too early top 25 or top 10 to not have the defending national champion one or two yeah really uh, rare right but they, uh, that's how important joe burrow was that's how important joe burrow was and it shows you how special that season was yes. and, and where i was using that word disruptor i mean that really is what it was yeah absolutely uh, and so to see where they go from here would be interesting because then you got programs like georgia who georgia is also losing a lot but we know they've been recruiting at a high level yes. year it, after year after year i'm glad you said that too because thinking about georgia i was like man six is kind of high they're losing from and swift and four o linemen but then again They've been recruiting the number one 
offensive linemen every year for the past like four years. Right. So I mean, they're not replacing. I mean, they're not losing a ton when they have great replacements. And Jamie Newman is a stud. It's gonna be weird having him go to that pro style offense. I think that uh, I don't know. They're gonna have to change the offense and tailor it to him, kind of like how Louisville did with Lamar. Like you can't have a Jamie Newman come in and expect him to drop back and just throw and throw passes and run the ball. Like right. you gotta you gotta make it electric. And at this point, I think that Kirby needs to stand back and realize maybe it is time to make some changes. Yes. And with these grad transfers and these transfers being the future of college football, you got an opportunity right in your lap with a guy like Jamie Newman, who yes. maybe this is, you know, it, it didn't really work out, you know, with Shea Patterson going to Michigan. It's all about how you tailor that offense yes, around absolutely. that quarterback. Because that's what LSU is. And did. I think Jamie Newman is light years better than Shea Patterson, so let's go ahead yes. and put that out there. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, just like take stabs at Michigan whenever <laughs> I can. Uh, it, I, I can't wait to see where we rank these teams in our top tens coming down the line. Um, but we also have Florida at number seven. A lot of hype around Florida going into next yep, year. Trask coming uh, back. Trask coming back. Uh, Losing a ton defense. on defense. Um, uh, but like you said. Always able to reload. Though. Always able to reload. Yeah, year in and year out. Mullen has really stabilized that program. Oklahoma at number eight. I mean, I think that's kind of low, honestly. With I mean, as long as you still got yeah. Logan Riley there. Oklahoma's. He, and, and they have two very competent quarterbacks. Very. And it's not like they haven't gone through quarterback changes before. And they're going to have a very similar quarterback to they have in Jalen Hurts. So it'll be similar offense. Maybe a little bit more precise of a passer. Not the same leadership, but... Penn State's got a lot of question marks uh, with these allegations coming down. James yes. Franklin, uh, hoping that they're ho- uh, uh, hoax, uh, but with, when with their serious allegations like that, and if you don't know what I'm talking about, just look it up for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, it's definitely something not to be taken lightly, but s- some things to figure out there. But there's no doubt they're going to be extremely talented, and they have a lot of starters coming back on defense. Yep. Uh, they are losing a couple stars there, but still a lot of depth on the defense. Kind of high for ball. Texas A&M. Again, right? An eight-win team? Yeah. I mean, um, and Kellen Mond's not the answer. I feel like Kellen Mond's going to be one of those great experiments that happens in the NFL, but he's just going to do got this last season to try to boost his stock as much as he possibly can, maybe be the next Dak Prescott. Yeah. Uh, you and I talked earlier. I, I, I really like Oklahoma State with yep. what they have coming back. Uh, plenty of talent. Chubba Hubbard is a huge get coming back. Yep. Uh, Wisconsin and Michigan, right where they need to be. Uh, Iowa State as well. Okay, so group this of five. Weird. weird. Okay, Cincinnati, I don't know where ESPN or why why they have them ranked so far ahead of Memphis. Yes, Memphis is literally losing three players and and two coaches, but the two coaches, I don't think philosophy is going to change. And then when you have a a senior quarterback coming back in Brady White, come on. I just don't know why ESPN takes so much stock in losing a coach. Yes. Uh, Just because you lose a star coach doesn't mean that you can come back with a great because if you had a great coach then he stabilized the program yes. I mean, they gave Ohio State like a, a 7% chance to win the Big Ten yes. and half of the reason was just because they lost Urban Meyer it's crazy but he left a stable program there's no difference Memphis went through a coaching change when they lost Fuente to Virginia Tech yep. Norvell stepped right in Memphis is a premier group of five program and, and it with needs Brady to be, White coming back it needs to be Kenneth understood coming back yes plenty of and, and don't get me wrong Cincinnati also in a really good spot really Luke good Fickle, spot uh, coming back um, Desmond Ritter coming back at quarterback. They do lose Michael Warren, but Cincinnati, also a great program. The Americans got strong teams. Uh, UCF finished number 24 in the final eight people. Uh, they're not in, in this too early top 25, but that conference is getting better and better. Better, and it's it's fun to watch. Yeah. Uh, really interested in North Carolina. Uh, North Carolina returning almost their entire team. Pretty cool. Mac Brown is going to, ooh. Mac Brown did the right things because by playing all these underclassmen, that's just going to reap all yep. the rewards. He knew it. 
he knew it, and he knew that this division was ripe for the taking when yep. he took the job. Like, and I think that's a part of the reason why he took the job because he knew a, a division like that. Yeah, it, it, I mean, it's ripe for the taking every single year. Uh, how watch is, out for North Carolina? I think there'll be a point where North Carolina is going to be in the top fifteen. I absolutely easily I in the top that, fifteen, yeah. like comfortable. Have a really interesting game at UCF. Yes. Uh, next year, which uh, we'll, look for we'll, a ton we'll of really points. Exciting. Look for a lot of points in that one. Uh, yeah, and then to round it out, Iowa, Texas, Tennessee. No, App um, State was kind of weird there. Yeah, I've seen it again. I mean, Tennessee finished Coaching the season change. strong. Tennessee did finish the season strong, but uh, still got a long way to go in the East. Uh, I mean, we said and, we said the same thing about App State coaching change every year. Yeah, <laughs> right. And that's what you do, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, I don't know, man. At 25, I just think App State or, or even a UCF. Yeah. I, I mean, UCF won 10 games this year yeah, so in a really tough conference. Uh, with the true freshman quarterback, it's so I don't know. It, it, it's neither here nor there. I, I think they wanted to just sell sell this article, yeah, uh, sell this right. posting, this list, put another SEC team in there. Give some hope for the Vols. Yeah, man, the Vols. Faithful. Oh my God, Vols faithful. They've been clinging on to the hope. They could they could do it. Yeah, we have a lot in store uh, for the off season. Going to put together plenty of culture ball previews. Uh, Going to do our annual top ten yes. uh, too early. And you know what, man? Maybe we should even do our own top twenty five. Maybe uh, yeah, let's do it. Do it the way it should be. All right, so let's go ahead and get into the NFL action. Uh, quick divisional round recap from last weekend. Uh, another pretty good weekend of football here. The Vikings and the 49ers. Niners were seven-point favorites. Uh, they dominate the game, 27-10. to 10. Uh, Win for me, loss for you there. Uh, 49ers are strong. Legit. Strong. Legit. Uh, we will get to that. Uh, Titans and the Ravens. What the hell happened? Okay, this is what you said about great leaders at quarterback. Okay. Let's tell you, the, fast forward, rewind to anybody who watched the, this game and watched the other games that were played. So you think about when the Ravens went down. Lamar Early. Jackson wasn't with his team saying, guys, it's okay, we got this. Every single time, I'm glad the camera showed this, Every he time. was slamming his helmet, You're right. pouting, boohooing. Sitting on the bench by himself. The Chiefs went down. Patrick Mahomes. With his team. Rally. With the, and, I mean, these receivers dropping the hell out right. of passes. And he's like, what are you guys? We're good. We're yeah, good. We're it's a big difference. Great point. Yeah. And he just looked defeated. Yes. Early. Like you weren't even out of the game. Right. Early. I mean, when he couldn't convert the, the, his first his first yes. of, of the, uh, the couple of fourth down conversions that they, that, that they couldn't get. Um, when they went down 14 nothing after that, I mean, he, they just looked defeated. It, it was bad. And maybe it wasn't they. I mean, it was really Lamar. He just... Nothing was working for him. That yeah, day. and he it was. I think a lot of it rested on his attitude. Yeah, uh, and, and and Lamar's not going anywhere. No, nope. uh, the Ravens are fine. Uh, he, they just had a bad night. Yeah, everyone uh, has a bad night. But Lamar's got to do a gut check there, and that's where experience comes into play. And yeah, and you could argue that you know Mahomes and Jackson have been starters the same amount of time, uh, but really Mahomes has had much more experience. Yes, just because uh, not they weren't playing in the game, but they yes. we were comparing their attitudes, right? Yes, uh, it, it goes a long way, and I, and I think Mahomes does have much more experience, and he's a little bit more of a leader. And yeah. but I mean it, that's also you think about the programs that they were in. Like right. you think about the Texas Tech program was it's, it was always a, a program that talked about leadership. Louisville was kind of like in shambles. Yeah. They were still winning, but they it was kind of like a winning because we have amazing Lamar. And, not right, not because it was a great program. And Jackson is more of a leader by his ability. Yes, what he does in the he's field. Gifted, yeah, and that's with his confidence. That's kind of how, how he handles things. Which the, it's not the it's wrong fine, way to go. But when um, you are not the electric, amazing player that you need to be, you need to find another way to lead your team. Right. Uh, Derrick Henry, unbelievable. Oh, my God. This this guy's Roll unbelievable. Roll Tide. Uh, indeed. Titans win the game 28-12. to 12. We both had Ravens there, minus 10. Who didn't? Uh, so that so we'll both take the loss there. Texans and Chiefs. 
my Chiefs 10-point favorites. Can I tell you? I Listen, so my day. I start watching the game at home, at my house. Chiefs are doing terrible. I am 23 points net positive to covering the 10 points. You and I were texting back and forth. I was like, man, I'm patting us on the back here. So then. At at least we got this one right. I watched the terrible call of the day of going for it on your own in your own side of the field. Awful. Awful with a fake punt or whatever it was. I get in the car. Got to go meet my parents for dinner. Hoping I pick a place that has a nice television, right? Get to the place. They're closed. So I'm watching the game on my phone. By the time I get from place A to the place that my parents picked with a TV that I was watching with a, a column in between it, the game was already tied. I was like, what the hell? And I'm I'm literally that quick. crooking my neck over the pole trying to see my money going down the drain. So the Chiefs go down 24 nothing. They cover the original spread God. 51 to 31. They outscored the Texans 51 to 7 to end the game. Lost for both of us. We both had Texans plus 10 there. Uh, very impressive performance from the Chiefs. And as we already talked about, Mahomes, man, he he really showed his ability. Yeah. Uh, he's 100% healthy. Uh, he was balling. All right. The Seahawks and the Packers. The line closed at four and a half. You and I got it at five. Uh, you took the Packers. I took the Seahawks. And lo and behold, we'll take a push there. I'm so glad I waited until game time to take that line because I would have been mad as hell. Got it by I get half a, push. a point. Yeah. Packers oh, win the man. game 28 23. It was looking like they were going to run away with it. Let me tell you about this Packers game. I did the uh, the victory dance in this Packers game. So I always like to pick, pick player to score a uh, touchdown, first touchdown of the game. Every game, every game that I have the ability, I. I Pick one player from each team. I'm getting destroyed, as you guys couldn't see. They haven't won a divisional round yet. I go, you know what? I'm only picking one. I hammer Devontae Adams plus My 650. Boy. And it was a beautiful pass over the defender. I went absolutely crazy. Ran around my place probably 85 times. Probably scared the neighbors. But I just have to say that because thank you, Packers. Even though you pushed on, on the podcast, you won the game. You won the bet. You got me out of my hole. Thank you. I will say, and I discovered uh, this bet this season uh, to admit that, but the first or player to score first touchdown in the game is the most fun bet in football. Yep, it is. It, it, it is the most fun bet. And it's done right when the first touchdown yeah, scored. Right. And it, you, it, it's quick. You don't want to take, I mean, unless you have a team who's, it's it's hard to take a team, a guy who's like plus 220. And most of the time, it's not even that guy. It's 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 so exciting. <laughs> it's so exciting. <laughs> yeah. Uh, good bet there. All right. So the AFC title game, uh, moving on into. Championship Sunday, we have the Tennessee Titans and the Kansas City Chiefs uh, for a 305 kick. The Chiefs are at home in Arrowhead, and they are seven and a half point favorites. The line opened at 10. Yes. Line opened at 10. Look for it to move some more. Just wait. Wait till we get wait till we get to the weekend. People are cashing their paychecks. They are going to keep hammering the Titans because of Derrick Henry. But listen, I'm going to say it first. I'm going to tell you guys. Derrick Henry is phenomenal. They held the Ravens to 12 points. They held New England to 13 points. Derrick Henry in three straight games has rushed for over 180 yards. Two things that really scare me about this team. Tannehill in two playoff games have only completed 15 passes. And only 160 yards. Yes. Derrick Henry has carried the ball 96 times over three games. Yep. Wear and tear is a thing. I don't care how big you are. I don't care how strong you are. too. Give me Kansas City, and if it drops to six, I mean seven. If it drops to seven, it's beautiful. I'm taking the Chiefs for two reasons. They got their reality check. They know that they have to be sharp all game long. But you know what the Titans have been doing really well this season. Actually, the six game run they went on or whatever was 
it was, I think there was a five game run. Um, turning the other team over. Yes, but but it wasn't just turning the other team over; it was taking advantage Point of the other turnovers. teams. The Chiefs only average one turnover per game. Top three in the league in turnovers allowed. It's huge. They they don't turn the ball. They over. don't Mahomes turn the ball over. Takes care of the football. You think about that game uh, last weekend. Yeah, when they were down twenty four nothing. I mean, it was because of the block punt. Yep. Um, that that it got out of hand so quickly, but they still weren't turning the ball over. It's a game of chess. Like you don't have to. It's not a game of rush. You don't have to rush anything. Just nip away, score Here's the points. Thing. When we're looking at a spread like seven and a half, first of all, I always pay attention to where Vegas sets it first. Yeah. Always fascinates me. Yep. I love watching that. I the love public watching the will movement. tell you which way to avoid. Right. Ten points. Guys, they Vegas opened this line at ten. All right. It's down to seven and a half. I'm already hammering Chief seven and a half, but yep. I'll wait to see where it goes because I'm comfortable betting it up to nine and a half at yes. this point. Because to your point, when you said that you bet at LSU, and uh, this, this this was a good point going into big games like this, I'm more comfortable losing the Chiefs bet than I would be the Titans bet. Yes. Because it's more likely that the Chiefs run away with it than the Titans do, even with the plus seven and a half yes. for the Titans. The Titans rely on too many other factors, yes. whereas the Chiefs only have to rely on themselves. Yes. As you mentioned, the, the Titans do feast off turnovers. They also feast on limited possessions. Yep. They count on that. They count every game, at least right now, because yes. this is the style of football that they're playing right now with Derrick Henry, and um, obviously they're limited at quarterback with yep. Tannehill because they're not throwing the ball. Totally agree. Those limited possessions are key. Uh, I don't see that happening, and even with the limited possessions, I think that Mahomes finds a way to take advantage of I think every they score, single one. I think they score a ton, and like I think they score 28, 30 points, uh, 28 to 35 points. D Ford's coming back, but listen, Miles, I told you about this stretch that the uh, Chiefs have had. Six, seven games. Over the six or seven games, I don't care. Tell what me. do you want to do? Seven straight victories by fifteen by an average of 15 points per game. And they covered in all seven of those. What else is beautiful about this? In that stretch, they have the country's number five rush defense. There you and, go. But you know what? Only one of those games did they have D Ford back, healthy, ready to go. Last game, D. Ford was a force, held Carlos Hyde to uh, under 50 yards. They held almost every opponent, except for Josh Jacobs, who had a game, I think it was like 102 yards, but a lot of those didn't. A lot of those yards really were unimportant. If Chris Jones comes back as well, that D-line is going to be set. And a much improved secondary. Yes. And a fun fact, this is a repeat matchup uh, back in Week 10 in Tennessee. Uh, the Titans got the win, 35-32. But the key was that Tennessee held KC to four field goals. Yep. And it was Mahomes' first game back off injury. Mahomes looks healthy. He does, He man. looks good. He looks good. Mahomes, last weekend, for the first time, looked like the Mahomes from last year. Yes. To me. You know, I, I feel like I had like, not seen him yet this year. He didn't do anything, like, that pops on the stat sheet. It was... The crispness in his throws, the way he the was decision playing. making, yeah. the rallying the troops, like Confidence. that is shit that wins Super Bowls. Yeah, uh, so it, uh, the Chiefs are going to be tough out at this point. Yes, and uh, we're going to go right into another tough out here: the San Francisco 49ers at home in the NFC title game, six forty p.m. kick. Another seven and a half point spread. I, I I believe this one opened at seven, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. Okay. Correct. So so we got the Niners and we have the Green Bay Packers. Another repeat matchup back in Week Twelve. In San Fran, on a Monday night, the Chiefs embarrassed the Packers 37-8. to So yep. Aaron Rodgers and company looking for a different result this time around. Are yes. they going to get it? I think they do. Um, and I do not think they win. Uh, 
that pass rush is just too elite for uh, the 49ers. But you already know. I know this for a fact. They are not going to come into the game and just think they can outthrow the opponent. They're going to rely heavily on Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams. Fun fact here, fun stat for you guys. 49ers great. I mean, they, they're outscoring their uh, their NFC opponents by a point differential of 169 points. But what's really interesting, they are 2-7 and seven against the spread following wins of 14-plus points. And you know why I say this. So for you guys that don't know, there's a really interesting betting strategy um, in, in, in betting is NFL betting, typically when two teams play each other for the second time, the second team generally covers, not wins, but they cover because it's an overreaction of of the line setting. Um, an and overreaction the public, of the first result? Yes. Yeah. And the public normally tends to see that weight heavy. So that's one of the reasons why I like being on this side. But then the Packers are 7-1 and one against the spreading versus winning teams. And that one non-cover was against the 49ers. So two of those things really get me excited about it. I was trying to like think of some other... More statistical reasoning. I mean, Packers defense is solid, uh, only allowing 19 points per game, but that's not really doesn't matter because they're gonna have to score. And if you're not scoring and you're not converting first downs, the game could get out of hand quickly. So we'll see if Aaron Rodgers. Because this is, let, let's be honest, this is one of Aaron Rodgers' last real yes opportunities to make it to the yeah, Super Bowl. And and you and I said that in the very beginning of the playoffs. Yes. that there was the most pressure uh, out of all the quarterbacks on Aaron Rodgers. So let's see what happens. Yeah, and and even though he's got to do it on the road, um, in this, how about this classic Packers Niners yes. matchup, uh, which, is, which is pretty cool. Um, I'm going with back to back favorites here. I'm going with the Niners minus seven and a half. Couple of reasons. First of all. I would be much more comfortable if the line moved back to seven. And I have a feeling that some money is going to be going on the Packers here uh, at seven and a half. Uh, hoping that's the case. Hoping to get it at seven. But I'm still riding seven and a half. Uh, so I'm going with the, both. I'm going to be boring. Go with the favors this weekend. The Niners just had such a dominating defensive performance last weekend that I can't ignore it. And I know that the Packers are, are much different. Devontae Adams looked amazing oh my God. in that game. Seattle had no answer for him. But I feel like... The Niners will have an answer for him because Kirk Cousins couldn't figure anything out. Kirk Cousins had a 41-yard pass to Stephon Diggs. And then for the remainder of the game, the rest of the plays, the Vikings had 40 Terrible. total yards. Dalvin Cook had nine carries for 18 yards. I know he's banged up, Brad, but it's one of the best running backs in the NFL. Hammer the ball. Pound the rock. You have Dalvin Cook. You yeah, have to pound the rock. Nine carries. It's almost like they gave up early. There we go. I was waiting for a segue into this. All right, I'll just, I'll, I'll just hand it off to you. I'll oh, see. You see, you see you I'm not even say names. I'm not going to say names are unimportant. Okay. You have two coaches going for the same job. One coach is a defensive coordinator. Other coach is an offensive coordinator. Most of the time, you want to expect your offensive coordinator to best the defensive coordinator. They're both going for the same job. Defensive coordinator destroys the offensive coordinator, holding them to something around what was a less like a hundred and something total yards. But offensive coordinator still gets the job. I think that's very interesting. I have nothing else to say to that, but I just want you guys to think about that because this is the landscape that we live in. Teams are so hungry for an offensive-minded coach that sometimes they ignore the fact that the defensive mind could be the better because, let's be honest, the 49ers aren't even close to this without that great defense. I mean, Grappolo looks suspect sometimes. Sometimes he looks amazing, but if that team had to rely on offensive output... 
Well, I, I, I was saying for weeks uh, that I just feel like the 49ers are the most complete team in the NFL because of all of that. Because yeah. they do encompass all the facets of the game. They don't rely too heavily on the offense. Don't yes. rely too heavily on the defense. Don't rely yep. too heavily on special teams. I feel like they are that complete. You know, the Packers, Packers are impossible to figure out right now. I don't now, know what team which, they are. Uh, the Packers plus seven, that's, that's why, honestly, either side's not a bad bet here. I think it's scary. I didn't have a doubt for a second who I was taking in Chiefs-Titans. Not even once. Especially with the line opening at 10. Yeah. I think you can agree with that. Yeah. Uh, very confident that. But here, you know, which Packers team shows up? Uh, they they were about to blow out the Seahawks. It, it was natural they were going to let up a little bit. Yeah. Let Russell Wilson back in the game. They were at home. But they've been tough to figure out all year. We know who the Niners are. Yes. Uh, so in that case, I'll I'll bet on the constant uh, and how dominant they were against the Vikings. I just can't shake it, especially how the Vikings were able to move the ball pretty easily on the Saints. And uh, the Saints had such, such a great so, year. Yeah, it's interesting. But, so it, it sounds to me like you have the Packers covering but not winning. Correct. So we both have a Niners-Chiefs Super Bowl, which I think would be fantastic. I think it's better than Patriots Stout Rams defense versus year. stout offense. Uh, great storylines. Oh, my God. Uh, Two quarterbacks going to their first... Starting in their first Super Bowl. Yeah, exactly. I think that'd be a lot of fun. The Chiefs, man, after I feel like they just got cheated last year yeah. in the AFC title game, I just feel like they're destined to get there. Uh, I, I still like, think Chiefs win it all. Yeah, I, I mean, I it, it, it's not a bad pick. I'm going to wait to see how these two t- teams play uh, this weekend, but it's it's hard to bet against Mahomes right Let's now. Let's just go ahead and put it this way, though, Miles. If the freaking Chiefs lose this game, not only will I lose the Chiefs spread, I will lose my futures bet the Chiefs win of the AFC. I will lose my future bet that the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. I have no money on any any futures. Anybody else? On the NFC left. Hey, but it's not bad to have uh, good money like that on the Chiefs. Yeah, so. Especially because they weren't really expected to be the last team standing in the AFC. But, no. here, but here they are. All yeah. they have to do is get past the Titans. And I'm going to be honest. Like, guys, like, you know you know me. I'm a odds. I'm a value chaser. Yeah. The only reason I picked the Chiefs for for those two reasons were because they have a good, great offense, a great leader. And the odds were beautiful. And look, they might pay out. Just fingers crossed. <laughs> futures bets, you know, that's and that's another thing that I'm going to do moving forward as a better is I'm going to do more futures bets. Yeah. I, I used to, I know that you've always been into them. Uh, I used to not do them because I, I didn't want to wait that long. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I was like, well, where am I going to be? And what, I don't know. Like, am I going to be having a bet? There was too many. But you know what? It's really fun to see this pay out at the end of the year. I finally did some with Ohio State and college basketball. Um, but yeah, Oh yeah, Ohio State in college basketball as well. There you go. They need to turn it on. It's, uh, they're only do. really struggling against Big Ten foes. Though. You're right. Uh, really tough Big Ten teams. Yeah. So hopefully that they can turn it around. Um, well, I we'll be back here in two weeks. Two weeks. Yeah, taking a yeah. week off to regroup, recollect, think about our our pro- guys. We're gonna have a ton of props. Uh, just it, it's always fun. Our annual Super Bowl show. Yes. We, we, we go through all the fun props. Uh, yep. We'll go through some uh, actual betting props. Talk about the game. Celebrate the Super Bowl. And speaking of celebrating, enjoy Championship Sunday. Yes. Um, it's our last really full day of football of the entire year. Man. Enjoy it. Take it in. I, you know, the offseason brings with it a, a lot of excitement itself. Yeah. Uh, but, man, it's all about the journey for me. Uh, and the journey is always better than than, than where we end up. Uh, but always fun to see uh, the best teams go at it at the end. Absolutely. So. Man, what we got here. God, thank you guys so much for listening to What's the Spread. Uh, be sure to download our podcast, rate us, uh, like, subscribe, tell your mother about us, tell your father about us. You know he's a degenerate, and tell your best friends. If you tell at least two people, we're gonna blow this thing up because we're just out here trying to give you guys as many winners and good insights as possible. Thank you guys for listening.